Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, I am excited because, despite what it says in the title, this is our 52nd week of podcasting, and I'm really, cr- really happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, man, it's been a year. A whole a year. year of quarantine, a year of recording, <laughs> a year of podcasting. A year without Black Widow. Oh my gosh. Disney Plus is a thing. <laughs> finally, Disney Plus is a thing, right? Right. <laughs> your, your your tag has come true. They finally listened to you. That's right. Kevin Feige, super fan. Mm-hmm. So we did want to bring up the fact that it is our 52nd week of streaming in this episode, but we also wanted to use the time to tease the fact that we've got some extras coming along here in the feed in the near future. So, yes. you know, keep your eyes out for that. Yeah. So it, it was uh, Daniel who was with us last week. I think uh-huh. noticed, I think I said something in the discord or something about a bonus episode. And I think he was the only one. No, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned something when we recorded it uh, briefly and, and it, like the live reacting. He was like, bonus and <laughs> question, <laughs> question mark, exclamation point. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's it's coming. I'm excited for it. Me too. It's uh, I think we found a very fun way to celebrate uh, the podcast and all its one year endeavors. Yeah. But other than that, how are you doing? You know what? It is that time of year where we're winding down in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that time of year where I live, where it's a lot of rain, a lot of hail, and <laughs> chances of tornadoes. So it's just, um, you know, it's what it is. This is this time of year. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm doing well. You know, you mentioned it, it feeling like a little bit of a wind down at school and work. I almost have a similar feeling with this podcast because... We were wrapping up Captain well Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it, this has been like a long streak that we've had since WandaVision, so it almost feels like a, a winding down here on our part as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I mean, we got the, what, the wrap-up episode next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and tease that out. Uh, we have our guest as well for that. And then we'll have, was it four or five weeks to get to Loki, and we have some topic episodes planned. Uh, some other guests we'd like to invite during that yeah. time. Uh, hope to put out mm-hmm. our Captain America First Revenger review. Mm, I'm so yeah. excited. So, yeah, so I'm really excited to get to that uh, and try to start working back through some of the MCU proper movies. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, of course, if you downloaded this episode, then you can see that today we're going to be talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Season 1, Episode 6, One World, One People. So, we are going to take some time now to talk about our pre-spoiler thoughts. Uh, you'll hear an audio cue, and on the other side of that cue, we'll get into the full spoiler zone of this finale. So, before we get there, Jude, do you have any pre-spoiler thoughts? I was really pleased with this episode. Yeah? Yeah, especially when I think about, as much as I loved WandaVision, because they took the risk and all of that, there was a little bit of a letdown in episode in the, in the mm-hmm. final finale. And, you know, finales, we've talked about it uh, both, you know, a lot off-pod. Talked with Daniel off-pod, many others off-pod, and just where finales are difficult to do. 
just in general, you know? Yeah. But this one, I, I was really pleased with it. Like I, I really left it felt feeling satisfied, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that was really cool. What about you? For me, I think this episode is the perfect encapsulation of the season as a whole. It is as equally messy and questionable as it is emotionally moving and uplifting. Mm-hmm. So it felt like to me throughout this entire season, there's been this dual nature of like, oh, these are the things that are really working well for me. Here are the things that are less so. But this episode, when it hits, it hits mm-hmm. hard. And that's what I appreciated mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I was in my note-taking, tearing up. And I'm sitting at the table, had my headphones on, an iPad up, watching it, laptop out, taking notes. Uh, my wife's looking at me, my three daughters looking at me, like, are you okay? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is great. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I don't know if we have much more to say without getting into spoilers, so let's go ahead and get into the spoiler yep. zone. So, like we've been doing now, thanks to the feedback of Leech, this Warning is for everything in the MCU up to this point with spoilers. So if you're not caught up with everything, this is your final warning. We'll see you on the other side. And we're back. So if you've been keeping up with this season, you know that we're going to be breaking these down into the most important topics. So because a lot of this episode features around the climactic fight in this finale... We figured the best way to handle this was to break down that fight into three different acts. So, it is going to be Act 1, Arriving on the Scene. Act 2, Hostages en Route. Act 3, Face Off. So, to begin, in Act 1, Arriving on the Scene, this is going to entail everything with Sam and Bucky arriving on the scene where the vote is taking place and get us to the point where the hostages are being taken away. So, Jude, is there anywhere you would like to start? I loved the arriving on the scene. I Okay, let's backtrack real quick. I loved how, right, they didn't show us the suit. And yeah. in this, they still had that restraint. Like, it just, like, you, you know it. And you, he's in it, cause, right? You see him in the sky. You see the blue light. Uh, and so you know it's like he's Cap, right? He's not Falcon because mm-hmm. it's that blue light. Um, and so I really liked, you know, I mean, it's a big deal, right? Seeing the suit for the first time. And I thought they pulled it off. I loved how they revealed it. Mm-hmm. Especially because we've talked so much about the way the Netflix series, well, I can only speak to Daredevil, but like so much of the season was the build up to that suit. And then you got what, 10 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And even in WandaVision, you do have that big moment where Wanda gets her suit, but it kind of comes and goes quickly. Here, they get to have that same dramatic reveal, but Sam spends so much time in it in this this mm-hmm. episode, so we get to really see it shown off, and I like that yeah. a lot, too. And I also wanted to bring that up, because episode 15 of our pod, when we talked about what Falcon and Winter Soldier, when we weren't expecting such a long delay, I remember saying, I want a comic uh-huh. accurate suit, and they gave us a comic yeah, accurate Yeah, so is it? It is. That's awesome. So we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but just to touch a little bit on the look of the suit itself, I really, really enjoy it. Like the moment that Sam came in, like bursting through the window, like I was smiling ear to ear. He just looks so good as Captain America. And I I, I don't know. I'm really happy with mm-hmm. the suit. Yeah. Okay. So that, 
his first time he called himself Captain America. It was such a cool moment. So there was a little bit of fighting, but it was that first time when someone saw him, he's like, no, I'm Captain America. And it, it was just how he owned the title and just the way Mackie delivered that line was just so fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. It's kind of like what we talked about in Daredevil where mm-hmm. stop me actually. And I'm getting ahead of ourselves in the outline, but like in Daredevil, they really took the time to teach us his powers of like how he's going to, how he visualizes things. Right. Right. And, and one of the things I noticed when he's in that new suit fighting they really, you know, if you think about what he did in the suit fighting with Falcon or in the Falcon suit, let's put it that way. They really kind of taught us and they, and like he was doing those same things, but like stepping it up. Right. Cause you get the helicopter thing mm-hmm. again, you get, you know, the way he used the wings to stabilize himself. So, so I really liked how they were able to build on it with that suit. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it was really fantastic. You know, the way you frame that, um, it does make me want to go back to some of the Daredevil um, days where you brought up this idea of almost watching these heroes level up, to put it in video Mm -hmm. game terms. I feel like we've been seeing Sam level up so much through this season in his fighting techniques, because we've been mentioning like the creative ways that they use the wings. To see it now incorporated with the shield is just perfect. Because it, it it's an extension, it's an extension of him now, but he's still the hero that he was prior to it. So it almost feels this is just coming to me, so this might not be fully flushed out, but we talk so much about John Walker and having the serum and how that just made him more of him. And we got shown the flaws that yeah. that was. Even though Sam doesn't have the serum having this mantle has made him more of him and it's nice to see that he gets to be just um hand in hand with having the wings and the shield if that makes sense it does it does well and on and on top of that and you mentioned the leveling up right he faced off with i've been mispronouncing it the whole time i say batrock but it's not it's bartrock bartrock well he faced off with him episode 1 he got a chance to face off with him again right and i loved how and speaking of that leveling up and remaining him and is focused on what he's there to do, like he didn't have to finish him off. Yeah. It was like, oh, I, I'm i not here really to fight you. I'm here to save the day, right? To be to be mm-hmm. Cap. And, and he had no problem leaving. Um, and yeah, so I just, I thought that was a little nod of how you had that. It, I, I took it as like he didn't need that ego moment of like, oh, now I'm going to finish you off because I didn't earlier or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'll say this because in my notes, I wrote, I'll just read what I wrote. Having Bartrock coming in at the end of this feels weird. I get that they're doing the whole full circle thing with the first episode, but it kind of feels like fluff, especially because Sam just disengages. So mm-hmm. the two things I want to say is. One, I I have a new appreciation for it because I like the way that you framed it as it's not an ego thing where Sam feels like he has to write him off. And I like that framing a lot better. Mm -hmm. But my initial read was just kind of this feeling of like, oh, this just feels like a, again, like fluff. Like it doesn't matter ultimately because Sam goes off to somewhere more important. So it makes me question what Bartrock's purpose for the entire season was Mm -hmm. uh, because so far it's been more so far it just feels like he's just been a nuisance yeah yeah so, no no no. And that, I, I mean that's fair mm-hmm. i will say this I, what you were talking about i'll have more to say later in a, a 
different phase of this fight that I think they do a similar idea, but it feels a little bit better to me mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Well, and again, and then towards, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm careful with, with some of the stuff in the thoughts in the early parts of this pod, but I really liked how they showed Sam being a hero in public, right on the bridge. People mm-hmm. saw mm-hmm. it. And so you, so very quickly, like, He's getting that recognition. And I mean, you got to figure like the last time I think, if I remember right, because I know last episode I actually screwed up on the, the tracing the shield through the episode a little bit. But the last time I think the public would have saw Captain America in that shield was with Walker. Right. And so to have such a public right there on the bridge and have them cheer for it. And it was just such a cool moment. All right. So. You, I, I love what you're bringing up with the helicopter. Uh, that's getting a little bit more into the act two of this fight. So I want to say more there. But before we leave act one, I do want to say one final note that I had in this section is, you know, we see a scene where Bucky gets a call from Carly. And the notes that I wrote down is that I really wish it would have been Sam to take this call from Carly and not Bucky. Just because, like, I understand that they want to draw that parallel between Bucky and Carly and, you know, dealing with their body counts um, and the things they've done in their past to achieve the goals, you know, in the present. But for me, it feels like it's Sam's moment to shine here. Mm -hmm. And I, I would have liked if it would have been him that was advocating for, I can't say a nonviolent resolution, but a, a step down from the actions that Carly was taking. Yeah. See, I like that Bucky had the call. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, it's showing that Bucky is taking a page out of Sam's book. He's he's in in, in part of his change because because if, mm-hmm. if you look at episode two, he was looking to rush in and Sam was trying to hold him back, mm-hmm. and Sam was the one willing to talk to Carly. And so there's an element where Carly got Bucky on the phone to stall him, but I think they're also showing what Bucky has learned. Mm-hmm. In willing to do diplomacy, willing to talk. Yeah. You know, and, and showing I'm not just running in almost mindlessly straight to, to violence, so to speak. Yeah. So that that's why I think it works that way. And it was important for Bucky to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I do like the framing that you have of it being a moment for Bucky to demonstrate what Sam has taught him because going into this season, uh, I think in episode one of the season, I talked about how it felt like you could trace the lineage of Steve's effect on both Sam and Bucky and being Captain America and how he influenced their lives. It's a cool moment that now that Sam is Captain America, you can take what you just said and that's like his influence on Bucky and being better. Mm-hmm. So I think you may have just made me have more of an appreciation for it. Um, peeking ahead, I, I guess to speak more to my my want of it is it just feels like peeking ahead a little bit, building to this moment where we do see this final confrontation with Sam and Carly, mm-hmm. setting that up in the beginning of the episode just feels like that that primes you for it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to rewatch it now, having heard what you said about it. Yeah. Well, you know what? And, and it's interesting because uh, Daniel messaged me same thing on, on yours of like, he 
he thought the that that sequence was kind of dumb. Like it's obviously diversion. Like why did Bucky fall for it? You uh-huh. know? And that was like his his kind of thought. Um, so you weren't the only one that 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 scene didn't quite do it for them, or or it mm-hmm. felt like it could have done been, been done in a better way. So I do I do get that. Yeah. Moving along into Act Two, which is the hostages en route, which this has everything with. Um, Sam taking flight to stop the helicopters with the hostages that are being taken from there. Bucky chasing the hostages that are in the armored trucks and leading up to the moment where they all have their face off in, I think it was like at the bottom of a construction pit or something. Yeah, I think that's um, that's, yeah. that's what I took it as. Yeah. yeah, so covering that middle section is basically where we're at now. And I want to circle back to what you were saying about Sam making his presence known as Captain America to the general public. You know what it, it honestly reminded me of? What's that? That first Spider-Man movie where Green Goblin has uh, the people of New York in that cart, I think, and then he has Mary Jane in the other hand, and he's mm-hmm. making Spider-Man have to choose between who he's going to save. All the ways that Sam was put in a tough situation of having to like either continue the pursuit of the hostages or make sure people weren't getting hurt was a constant theme in this middle section, and I thought that was really cool. Um a cool way to endear him to the public, like you were saying. Well, to echo that, like, I really, I, I loved the helicopter sequence where he teamed up with uh, Isla. And mm-hmm. it, it just the whole, like, he didn't do it by himself. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I well, I mean, I had two notes, actually, in that thing. Hey, I love the whole sequence, right? He didn't do it by himself. But me there was a moment where it's like, like in that other episode where it's like, that's why you strip him down. Right. Lamar had his knife. It's <laughs> like, this is Dude. why you take away their cell phones. Like, why does she even as a hostage have a cell phone with her? Um, now you have such an influence on me because that was legitimately the first thing I thought <laughs> when I watched this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but here's the thing though. And- My other note was, but it shows that these aren't professionals. They're truly people trying to like rise up and make change. Right. And so that was yeah. actually another kind of thought I had of like, oh, but it makes sense. They wouldn't, as I say that, it's like I'm painting myself as a professional kidnapper or whatnot. Never done it before in my life. Well, uh, you have, but <laughs> you have advocated twice now of how to properly store a hostage. So <laughs> if you've listened to the all fifty-two episodes, <laughs> you can hear a slight running theme of ways you've let that slip <sighs> just a little bit. <laughs> all I'm doing is just making people go back and download to find the Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, <laughs> and that's if the edit this even gets it. No, See, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, but see, but I, but I, you know, I did have that th- thought of like, why does she ever sell? But again, these mm-hmm. are regular people just trying to rise up because, you know, they're part of the flag smashers. So it would make sense. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking more about this fight, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier how it was a callback with Bartrock and Sam mm-hmm. when they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned there was another moment where it felt like they were doing those callbacks and it resonated more with me. And it was here in this scene with the helicopters because there's two sequences. They have the one where the New York Police Department has their accident and Sam saves them. And the one you just talked about where he teams up with Isla. Mm -hmm. The reason that I liked it and felt like it was a callback is one of the things that we talked about in that first episode. 
was that it felt weird because of the way Sam was just taking people out willy-nilly, having helicopters explode, letting planes fall without anybody, you know. But a lot of collateral damage, I should say. Yeah. This episode, we see him doing a lot of the same things that he was doing in episode one, but he saved the people. We saw the way he used the shield and the wings to protect the one police officer on the bridge, which was so cool as the plane came crashing down. Right. And then... Finally, the way he disposes of the flag smasher that was flying the other helicopter, he drops them into the water to make sure, like, like you know, they're incapacitated, but they're not physically harmed. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about somebody uh, else for a second. Okay. Sharon Carter straight up kills that guy. I'm, yeah. And earlier today, and I run into TJ... One of the things he brought up, and he hadn't seen it yet, and he's like, man, they really, he's like, I'm really excited. I really want to see what they're going to do with this because, and and he's going through, like, he just finished watching um, Avengers. They're going through the movies again. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to say that him and his wife are going through the movies again, and he's like, when you watch this, they're like... You know, this the stereotypical, the trope, right? The henchman. No one cares. Getting thrown off the helicarrier left and right. No one cares. They're the henchman. But yeah. But they have really established these aren't just henchmen, you know. These mm-hmm. are people and when you start talking about the violence and walking that fine line of how how do they handle that? Like with Sam like you were saying, they're dropping him in the water. And those times, those types of things of like you can't just treat them as henchmen any longer, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was listening to Terrace Pod, and she and her guest were talking about uh, the two of them were talking about um, the violence and level of the violence, and you know, uh, and seeing Sharon Carter. It, contrasted with what Sam was doing, I think was mm-hmm. really telling for me, I think, or, or jarring maybe, maybe a little both of like the direction the MCU's going and the fine line that they have to walk. Yeah. It, it feels like a problem that I for sure don't know how to solve, uh, but it's like this show wants to zoom in on the use of power and the violence associated with it, mm-hmm. but that's like having your cake and trying to eat it too in a sh- in a world of superheroes. Well, yeah, I, th- there's an element of having their cake and eat it too, right? And you're walking that fine line, but at the same time, I I think they were thoughtful enough in this to make those distinctions, right? Of like mm-hmm, Sam, mm-hmm. not you know killing i guess well i don't yeah right i don't know i just want to be sure i'm clear i don't think he he made it a point to save like he didn't kill him he dropped him in the water right those types Mm -hmm. of things we mentioned sharon carter but then you have carly and not just you know let's skip around a little bit but carly's willingness to use people as a diversion right Mm -hmm. and setting the van on fire yeah but also her own people, right? She's like, hey, our clause is strong enough that if we die, it can go on. And there's hesitation on their part, right? Mm-hmm. Which I had a feeling that Dovich was going to turn on her and he didn't. Yeah. But 
you could see that like through the different episodes and then you got to hear and she's like one world and silence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just shows I, like the lengths that she's willing to go for her cause and mm-hmm. they weren't ready to do. Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I really like that scene as well. Like I, it was as much as the one world, one people has been echoed throughout this entire season to have this moment where her own group doesn't echo it back was really powerful. Mm-hmm. And it felt like this was coming. Cause you have meant, you mentioned Dovich made comments before that. It felt like this is the route they were going, mm-hmm. but because nobody pushed back further than that, it just, it kind of felt like it whimpered out of, they continuously just kept going along with her whims and it went from like being complex people to not realized characters. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I was actually, I was actually talking about this with friend Daniel that the flag smashers are in this weird section where they're not just nameless threats, like faceless threats, kind of like the henchmen you were talking about, but they're also not fully realized like, Thanos or Killmonger mm-hmm. or Zemo mm-hmm. type threats. Mm-hmm. And so they're in this in-between that just kind of leaves them a little bit weird. And I think they could have pushed more towards that better end of the spectrum of villains if we would have seen some sort of conflict within that group there. Yeah. Well, and that's a place where, and I'll say it, this season could have used one more episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. Um, now, when I say that, I, I feel like, and I said this in our Discord channel, like I feel like wanting that extra season or you know or episode or two mm-hmm. hoping for that second season i i think that is actually not getting it is an okay thing like i'm okay with it i think it shows more of like how rich of a world they built that it's mm-hmm. like oh ooh, i want to see i want to see carly's history how did she get here or, or we haven't mm-hmm. talked about isaiah yet but i i want i want a flashback episode of isaiah right like yeah like you uh there's so much more you want to see of these characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I, again, I just think that just shows the rich world that they built. Um, yeah. And I don't think that that means the show failed in any way. I think, I think that actually means they did their job and did it really well. Mm-hmm. My, my take from this, uh, I mentioned it before. I think it was episode four. Uh, I may have mentioned this. My, I think my biggest takeaway from this season is going to be a bit off more than it can chew. I don't necessarily dislike any of the things they're tackling with. I just felt like it was too much crammed into one season. Mm-hmm. And some of it was pertinent. And I, I think the Flag Smashers may have been a casualty of that trying to do more with the limited time. So I can totally see the needing an episode or two more, mm-hmm. like being a sign that... Oh, that's a good job. Like, like I want to see more because I agree with that. But I just I can't help but wish it would have been a little bit more focused, so that this finale could have been more resonant with everything up till this, and and not as messy for me. Mm-hmm. I can I I can see that. I think I think if I think if we got that backstory of Carly, that would have made it even harder to tie up loose ends. Yeah, I think if we got. I saw a lot of people, oh, I want to see Isaiah's story, an episode on that. In some ways, I don't know if I want to see that. And in some ways Mm -hmm. I do, right? Like, as a character, I want to see more of that character. But I also, I'm trying to to figure out where where I fall in this. 
would seeing that make his story more powerful to me or mm-hmm. seeing him and recall the memory of it is what makes it happen, you know, as powerful as it was. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause it, cause, cause not seeing it and see him tell that. And I, and I realize I'm getting ahead of an outline, but I'm going to finish this thought, like not seeing it and having him, tell us his story in this memory because it brings that emotional burden and weight and mm-hmm. bitterness, you know, to use Isaiah's words, I think hits harder than actually it's that, than showing it to us. Um, yeah. Well, it, it, it's like, let's, let's pretend we live in a world where that does happen. We do get to see that history shown how does it end with anything more than just seeing someone suffer a lot? And the catharsis you would get from it is what we got here mm-hmm. in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there on the, like, it's more impactful the way we got it. Um, it does make me want to read the comic that the, the, the Isaiah story was based on for sure though. Oh yeah. I've, I've looked on Amazon. It's a 300 plus for individual issues. So I'm just going to, well, I'm just going to, I'm, is it available digitally? Well, I was going to say, I'm going to get to read it because I'm going to download the Kindle and get it digitally. You, on the other hand, yeah. who are not one to read digital comics, well, you might not read it. So listen, when it's $300 <laughs> an issue, I will find a way to read it on my tablet. <laughs> I'll go through Comixology or whatever, whatever paid service there is. <laughs> so, all right. So, I want to get back to the to the outline, and, and yeah. there's, there's one last point because I got. I'm dying to ask you, how did it feel to see Cap back in an action? The red, white, and blue, the shield, take it on Carly. Mm-hmm. Good old John Walker. I'm legitimately. There it is. Okay, so I was legitimately like, I don't know if he's like queuing me up to gush about Sam as Captain America, or if he's pulling the rug out from under me with John freaking Walker. Uh, did, I, did, I, did I leave out and off if, brand when I said Cap? <laughs> I think my response to just that confusion alone tells you everything about how I felt about seeing John Walker. <laughs> Can I just... Oh, man. This I I don't have too many notes with Walker here in this middle section because a lot of my notes came from him in the next one. But these are my two short notes. Here comes Walker to ruin things. Subnote, even with the serum, Walker still gets his blank kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put I put Walker to the rescue question mark. <laughs> like I, I I wasn't sure. Even on the first watch, I was like, okay, wait, no, because we expected him to show up and do something dumb. Right, I think we talked yeah. about. I don't remember if you, me, and Daniel. Daniel did said that off pod after we were done recording or in the prediction section. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was friend Daniel's prediction. He said, "I feel like John Walker's going to show up and mess things up." And I said, "Yeah, well, why stop now?" Right, right. Uh, so that's like, John and Walker I, I heard you, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I heard friend Daniel's voice clearly in my head as soon as I heard Morgan Thaw. <laughs> 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 it's so yeah. funny now now see the thing and is what's what what i found so fantastic what, what made the show so amazing is the ability 
to take us on this ride with John Walker, right? Mm-hmm. You get the wink. You get his backstory in episode two and all the work they did. And you're like, oh, okay, he's not so bad. And you're like, oh, never mind. And then you get, oh, never mind, right? With the, with the killing. But the ability to yeah. take us that far and bring him back right put him into a place mm-hmm. where he was tested and go do what he's always wanted to do and claimed he's always wanted to do uh was just i thought it was fantastic the ability to do that and even the imagery using the shield right i mean his shield where it fa- it's falls it's battered um and for me like to see that shield fall and battered and him grab the the back of that falling truck, like that was symbolizing like him letting go of that Captain America persona or what he thought yeah. it was. Right. And, and getting back to what it was like him getting back to what he, he, who he believed himself to be and not who he mm-hmm. was built to be. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I just love that moment and the ability of the show to just take us and, and that's again, six episodes. Right. So, I mean, just as we got finished talking about, Oh, an episode or two more, but in six episodes to take us all the way like that in Walker was just fabulous. Yeah. Well, as we're seeing as a running theme in this episode so far, I'm on the opposite side of that. And I'm torn because I do like what you're saying. Like it's a it is a good it's good to see that they can take a character like that and show some redemption because he sets aside vengeance against Carly to save people. But there's some, there's a disconnect for me between when we see him last of like, they don't understand what it means to be Captain America. I am Captain America. And then he's like looking at the the poster of him saying cap is back to this point where he's still kind of in that rage mode where he screams out Morgenthau's name. And then in the middle of this, he has his moment where he makes the turn. Like it just, it felt like it was so quick. And, and to peek ahead a little bit, if you're okay with it, I, I want to yeah. talk, talk about where we end up with John because there, there's really no other place to put it, but here, you know, everything you say about him being redeemed is like, I get that it feels all undone where we get to the scene with Val where he's like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back as U.S. agent. So it's just, it, for me, you, you talk about it being a ride, to me it was whiplash of this character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. We've been mentioning uh, Daniel a lot. Uh, he sent me a message earlier today. <laughs> well, his, well, no, his and, and this was his comment from his wife. His, his wife said, Captain America is the idealism of America and U S agent is a reality of America, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I, I liked that, that distinction. And I get the idea of whiplash, but thinking about that thought in that moment, I still at U S agent, I still feel like he felt redeemed, right? Like, like for him, he's mm-hmm. like, I still get to do what I, what he felt like he was always meant to do, right. To help people remains to be seen. What but does, it, it remains to be he... seen what U S agents going to do in the MCU later but like for him it's like like i'm back right like it's it's me again i'm i'm i have the suit i'm ready to go fight and help people i'm 
you know, so so like in his mind, he redeemed himself. He got to banter with Bucky. Mm-hmm. He bantered with yeah. Bucky. He quoted Lincoln. Can I can I just write what I put in that section for my notes? Yeah. John Walker doesn't get to be quippy. He just doesn't. <laughs> like <laughs> No, he doesn't No. Like you talk about how he's back, he's redeemed. He gets to do what he always wanted to do to be there to help people. He murdered someone. Like, he he doesn't get to come back from this point. And I guess that's what I was getting at of, like, so I'm not Zemo against gray characters and... becoming redeemed. But because there hasn't been enough time to breathe between him doing that to him now, like, like what does it say that in the very same room that he was stripped of his Captain America title and all his benefits that he becomes this new U.S. agent. So he's no different than who he was, but now he just has a different title and a different suit? That's what was the disconnect for me. Sam's the same person. He has a different title and suit. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just trolling you. But no, like... Yeah. I talked about how I could feel the anger when I brought up Wikipedia in that first episode. I think you may be able to feel the anger on me in that part. <laughs> no, but like, I, uh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. no, he's, he is, he is there. He He's redeemed. He's, he's a little, you know, maybe naive on who Val is, but even though he's not allowed to say that name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, and I get it, man. Zemo, but Zemo killed somebody, and we're okay with him running around with our heroes for a little while. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, Sharon Carter. Wait we get to that section, somebody. I don't like her. <laughs> <sighs> no, I, I, you, I legitimately think this is the this is what we're having issues with. Where does the MCU get to have their cake and eat it too? Can you zoom in on this question of violence, but also? Like, your characters have been pretty violent up until this point where, you know, there was an an ask of a suspension of disbelief up until this point. And then now it's like, well, hold on. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to kind of parse through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? And it's interesting that it's coming out in this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever really thought too deeply about the violence. Yeah. Until this season, when I'm when I'm really kind of thinking, it's like oh, okay, so they're fighting, you know, and it's those CGI things over here. But now all of a sudden, you want to fight real people. I feel like Black Panther did that some, right? Where there's the mm-hmm. tribe, the tribal fighting, and then you know you have that moment where they stop and look around at each other and like, why are this realization? Why are we fighting each other? You you know. Mm-hmm. But even in that sense, I don't remember watching Black Panther, like, questioning. I mean, it was cool not to have CGI people and they were different colors and you could tell who was who, like, and all of that, right? But I don't Mm -hmm. remember questioning it the way I have in this series. I will say, this is the first thought that's coming to mind. And this is, is without having really sat down and watched Black Panther in a while. I think you make a good point of them stopping and looking around and seeing the violence they were doing to each other. And the resolution getting to the point where 
See, this is where I'm starting to question. I can't remember exactly how Killmonger gets the fatal wound, if it was an accident or not. And that's where my point starts to fall apart. So I don't know. No, it wasn't. Hmm. It wasn't accidental. No, it was not accidental. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, now you're, you're right. What is it about this show that makes me feel uncomfortable about violence that I didn't have an issue with beforehand? Yeah. I'll have to think on that and come back to it. Mm-hmm. Good thing we'll do more episodes. Now nah, this is it. Oh, we only we had a commitment to a year. I'm still within the return period of this mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So getting back, <laughs> there's one last point I want to make in this second section, and I think we could move into some of the fi- the in parts of this um, opening action stuff. And it's to deal with Bucky. I feel like I've been riding Bucky pretty hard in this episode, so I do want to talk about one of the moments that I loved a lot with him and I think spoke to his resolution of getting past the violence of the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. It feels like so much of this show, and maybe even beforehand, because I saw some screenshots on Twitter that were reinforcing this, but so much of the show has been trying to do a distinction of the way Bucky is when he's just Bucky and when he's in the Winter Soldier mode. For example, they had that comment from him. It's like, oh, I don't really ever think about using um, my left hand, the the metal arm, because I'm right-handed. And that was a cool distinction for him. If you go back and look at Infinity War and Endgame where he's Bucky, he's using his right arm a lot more. But whenever he's in that Winter Soldier mode, that's where he's holding the pistols with that metal arm. Yeah. And so it, it was really moving to me in this scene where he's breaking into the hostage, uh, the armored cars to break the hostages out, he's using that metal arm to break. Not only because uh, logically it's probably his strongest asset, but there it speaks to the thing that haunted him of what his past was is the thing that he's using to actively save people here. And I thought that was a really cool moment. For mm-hmm. Him. Mm-hmm. Especially because like he, he almost gets choked up a little bit when one of them says, oh, thank you so much for saving me. And so that was really cool work there. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I had my note, exact same place. Sebastian San is so good. He said so he much is. with that quick glance. It was so yeah. quick, but, but his facial expression, his reaction to it just said a lot. And it was so good. And you're right. Bucky mm-hmm. needed that moment. He definitely. That, to me, that was a, a, a great resolution to the arc that he's been on so far. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you circled back to that. Well, that's going to move us into this final phase of this action sequence, which is entitled Face Off. Now, this takes place where everybody's down in the pit. We see that smoke is set off, so it makes it hard for people to see where they're at, and everybody kind of splits ways. We see that Sam and eventually Sharon meet up with Carly, and John Walker and Bucky chase after the other Flag Smashers. And this is going to take us through the end of that fight sequence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just going to lift the veil a little bit here. When I was taking notes, I texted you, taking notes makes me feel a lot harsher than I was this morning. And we talked a little bit about it before recording, and I won't get too, too much into it here because we'll discuss it later. But I feel like whenever the finale happens, since so much of it is action-based, mm-hmm. Most of my praiseworthy comments of like are like, oh, this is cool, and I have nothing more to add to yeah. it. And the things I don't like, I have a lot more to say. So it just makes me feel like <laughs> I'm being so much more negative 
than I intend to be. These are things I definitely have issues with, but I like the episode. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, yeah. So that being said, Sam holding up the truck was weird. And the reason it was weird to me is that we talked a lot about how, you know, Sam doesn't need the serum to be Captain America. Like this, this is like, like that. We've talked about this a lot before, so I won't go through it again. And so saying that, I wish they would have found a way for him to save these groups of people without resorting to use basically plot to help him hold that truck up. And I know they did work to show like, oh, you know, he has two more drones that help him push it up back onto a stable platform. It's just like, I don't know. It took me out of the scene for a bit. Really? See, seeing See, all the good work cap, that they did. Mine's with, cap, cap to save the day, like four exclamation points. Yeah, man, we are on polar opposites this episode. Like that was, like, cause, cause, see, I'm gonna circle back to John Walker. See, cause, like, we <laughs> see. I mean, cause, cause we see it. What what Cap should be, and we're seeing it through John Walker's eyes right in this moment. He yeah. tries, he fails, ish, because of Carly. And you look up, and the, you know. And the, and the first thing they see, so so the camera angle, the editing, they did this on purpose, right? But but it's like, you you get this shot like it's about to fall, I think, and like the camera's gonna follow it and it stops, but then you don't see Sam right away. You just see the screen like filled with the shield, basically, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. then you get it, and that's just like POV of the people look from down looking up, and it's Bucky there with this, yeah, we, this is why it's you. And Walker there were like, yeah, this is why it's you and not me, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, you are the true cap, you know, I f- yeah. feel like I'm channeling hook. You are the pan, um, but like you're the true cap. Never seen I, it. I, I realized as I dropped that that you hadn't seen it. So it was kind of a worthless <laughs> reference. There. Everybody listening. Did you know I hadn't seen it or did you assume? Both. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways. Um, but yeah, but like, and so in that moment, it's like you, like, this is the cap. So, so yeah, like, how does Cap, how does Captain America fanboy not like, just like geek out on that moment? That was so cool. But that's, that's what I was saying. Like, I just wish it would have been a way because yes, it's cool. And I've even talked about this before, whenever we did like movie rewatches of the MCU before Infinity War. Of like that was one of our rules in the the group messages of like all right let's not critique the realism of a superhero show and so I feel like I'm I'm in contrast with my own rule that I had but when so much of the question of this season was like do you need the super serum to be capable and they did they even did great work to show that he didn't need it because he was holding his own against uh the Dora Melage. He was holding his own against the Flag Smashers who did have the super yeah. serum. He did all those push ups in the montage. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like it's just you you do so much great work. Uh, that's what I was getting at, I think, before I stopped. You did so much great work of showing him using his gadgets, using his wings and the shield, like all of that in conjunction to be an extension of who he is to save the day in those helicopter sequences. It feels like you break your own reasoning when you come in here and he's holding up the truck. No, but that but that is who he is. He put himself in between the ground and the falling truck without 
Uh huh. Being a super soldier, or that that made him a super soldier that he didn't need the serum to do it, and so what? He had some help. Like Stark could <laughs> Stark no, no, couldn't no, no, no. put the Stark couldn't put the the in Homecoming the two halves of a boat together without all his drones. Don't like like I don't want to misconstrue that like. Having those drones come in helped alleviate it a little bit more because, like, okay, that makes sense. You're using his drones to push the truck back up. But there's a brief moment before those drones get in there where all he's doing is holding it up with his the thruster of the rocket and himself. So yeah. that, that's where it was like, yeah. It's the thruster of his rocket. It's not like he wasn't flying like Superman of his own accord. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's the new captain. <laughs> well, there are moments I like with them. It was just this one in particular that rubbed me the wrong way. Hashtag my captain. <laughs> Man. I have this Captain America uh, sketch cover. Uh-huh. That I'm going to just draw a big, like, Sam Wilson cap and John Walker cap shaking hands and mail it to you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, if I could draw hands well enough to just have two shaking, I'd be—I'd probably keep it for myself because I'd be so proud of it. But <laughs> <laughs> hide it behind the shield. <laughs> well, you know what? That's why so many superheroes, you know, have capes, so you don't have to draw the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> All right, back on topic. Yeah. So. So. Go ahead. Captain America saves the day, and we're all happy, Trey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us happy. Thrilled. And then they go running off, you know, and, and so there was there was a cool moment. So I want to circle back to something you said where, you know, what you how you felt about Bartrick, about his use. And there mm-hmm. was, a, like, I think you, so I saw it as like, okay, Ego, he doesn't have to beat him, but you could kind of construe that I can see as like narratively, okay, how do I get him out of this situation? Oh, Bartruck here helps him, you, you know, mercenary for hire, or, or redundant. They're, 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 you know, soldier for hire. Um, mm-hmm. So, because clearly they still needed a way to to have the moment you were hoping for the phone call, right? Sam and Carly, because mm-hmm. they had it to, yep. to end that thread. Um, and I think, and I think that's, you know, where we're at episode wise. And I thought they handled it really well. I thought there was a lot of loose ends that they wrapped up really well in that sequence. I I will say this. I really like that. They implied that there was history between Carly and Sharon. And I almost wish, Man, I was trying to spin this as a positive, and I can't even spin it as a positive. I wish they would have been more invested in showing us that relationship than trying to uphold the mystery of the power broker. Like, I would have been more invested in that and seeing that play out. You know, I was texting Nick Sandy, and he was talking about this reveal of sharing being a power broker. And it almost felt like, because we all saw it coming, it just felt kind of lame. To use, I think his words. Well, yeah, it it was one of those where I don't, I don't think they gained anything by holding it till the end. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's lame. Um, in, in that sense, it's, it's just 
Yeah, I don't really think they gained anything by holding it to the end. Because mm-hmm. that would have made, uh, like you said, oh, they do have that history and you have that. But it wasn't revealed yet. The first time we saw Sharon Carter in this episode, my first note was, uh, first watch, my heart sunk when I saw Sharon. Because I knew that wasn't a good thing, right? Yeah. The phone call with Batrock. And, 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 and so it's like, why? You're right. Why hold that back? Mm-hmm. At least for the audience, like it, it builds up some suspension, like you know the, this this tension, um, this suspense. But but yeah, so so I agree. You know they could have let that go I, sooner, but at the same time, I still thought they did well with that sequence. You know, like it, like mm-hmm. um, in terms of the standoff with Carly and Sharon, Patrick showing up, um, Sam showing up right at the right time to where Carter could play it off as if like Carly was the one, you know, the issue or the problem. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I thought they did all that sequence really well. Okay. So I want to zone in on the specifically the Sam and Carly stuff in this section and talk about it because this is some of the more positive things I have to say. Um, and then I'll get into some of the other things I have to say later. I like that fight that you were talking about because it shows that he is outmatched without the serum. And like we saw him kind of getting pushed around, but he kept getting back up and fighting, using the wings to stabilize himself, like you mentioned earlier. Um, And it all builds to this point where Carly straight up tells him, stay down, like, don't get back up. And this to me was more of that Captain America moment than the truck scene, because... Sam stands up with a very strong and resolute no. And he knows that he's outmatched here and he continues to fight. And even though I'm so glad they didn't recall the I can do this all day because that would have felt cheap, you could feel that energy in that moment when he stands up. And this is where I was mm-hmm. Captain America fanboying out the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was I was I was crying here because of like No no no, I, I get it. Cause like expletive yeah well well like i i my note rogers and winter soldier lays down the shield when fighting bucky right mm-hmm. where sam his version of that was just staying completely defensive with carly you know and just going straight self-defense so so yeah i i got that feeling too when mm-hmm. i saw that um but see i'm gonna go back to that thing i feel like like steve rogers would not have been able to do what Sam did. Right? Because he didn't have wings. But he would have been able... On what? Like, with the truck. Gotcha. Like, literally, he doesn't have wings, so he wouldn't have been able to do it, right? But he would have, like, Mm -hmm. in John Walker's position, been able to pull the truck up, right? I mean, he Mm -hmm. held a helicopter with... You know, we curled a helicopter. So... Yeah, there we go. He flexed a helicopter. Right, so, so so, like, I get that. But like, that's okay because Sam's not Steve Rogers. Sam, Sam, right? And, and he has mm-hmm. wings, so he 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 he's allowed to save the truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! Well, now that we're back to the whole truck sequences, well, I'm just saying they both can be Captain you? America moments. Uh, I don't know. Well, like I was saying, now that I I were back to the truck and me disappointing you, let me disappoint you this way as well. You <laughs> talked about <laughs> you talked about how you liked the way they handled 
the Bartrock, Carly, and Sharon all getting together. This is what I had to say in my notes. It feels very fitting that Carly, Bartrock, and the Power Broker all have their differences pretty much hashed out before Sam gets there. Other than Sam trying to find his place and the mantle of Captain America and doing the right thing because that's who he is as a person, it really felt like he had no stakes in this conflict. And so Sharon, we talked about, he has no clue that she's the power broker. So there's no tension there of him discovering. And because Sharon deals with Carly before she can say anything, it's never a conflict point for Sam. And they even they even knowing that Sharon brought in Bartrock and Bartrock wants to kill Sam. That's weird that that never gets brought up. Bartrock is no more invested in Sam than the money like Sam caused him to lose. So mm -hmm. it doesn't even feel like that's pertaining to anything that we've been building up to other than the first episode. And then finally, Carly is the closest connection that we have because we have seen Sam try to plead with her for so long to stand down. But there's something about, like, what does it say in the show that the solution out of this scene is that Sharon kills Carly? Like, that's how you resolve this. We don't see Sam stand resolute and convince her out of this. We see more violence break, continue the cycle. And knowing that Sharon's actions is just more of that secret cover-up just feels messy getting to the point where Sam has his emotional plea on the behalf of Carly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's, my first watch I'm with you in that that mm -hmm. didn't feel very satisfying of an end for Carly. Yeah. Okay. My note though, of the second watch was that truck though. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> he saved it. I don't, you're right. He should just let it fall. No, he that's not what I'm He should have let it fall. Like, shoot. That's not what that's not what Cap would have done. He would have found another way. That's not what I'm advocating. There's a difference fall. between Right. There's a difference between narrative reason and meta knowledge of knowing this show is a crafted thing. Just saying. He should he should let it fall. So but mm -hmm. my note was does Carly was Carly's redemptive moment stolen? From Sharon Carter, or did Carter, or did Sharon Carter save Sam? So like, like Sam does. She points the gun at Sam, and Sam doesn't have the shield. At, well, I mean, he has the wings, and we know the wings can stop bullets. But yep. So, but he's standing there. She has the gun, and you have that moment where it's like she takes that deep breath and she kind of leans forward. She's about to take her shot, and then Sharon Carter shoots her. Uh huh. Well, I don't know. In the second watch, I wasn't sure how I was supposed to read that scene. Is it like you said, Sharon is tying up loose ends, and Carly was robbed of a redemptive moment? Mm hmm. Or was she actually going to pull the trigger and shoot Sam, and Sharon mm -hmm. Carter saved Sam? Like, I'm not sure which way I'm supposed to read that. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to read it as her moment was stolen from her and just go with, because mm -hmm. I'm it just, at this point, it's like Sharon Carter's evil, right? Yeah. She stole that moment from Carly. Like Carly, mm -hmm. if she, like, like at the, the character arc she was on, I feel like she wouldn't have gone through with it. Mm -hmm. And so in, in that way, 
I think Sam did do and what he what he should have and did redeem and bring back, so to speak, Carly. But mm-hmm. that moment was robbed because of the power broker. Yeah. On this topic of it being robbed because of the power broker, I'll, the last note I had in this is this show does really well, but it feels like it often forgets that Sam is the titular character. And so you say that Carly was robbed of that moment. I think it's it because it takes two of them to get there, Sam is equally robbed of that moment. And... It, look at where Sharon ends up. She kind of, she gets, uh, this is peeking ahead a little bit, but we didn't have a clear space for it in the outline. You know, she gets her pardon. Then she has the menacing scene where like she calls whoever buyer, whatever buyer she had beforehand offering Intel and government weapons and stuff like this. And so that, that's what sits wrong with me that like, yes, there are cool moments with Sam, but it almost feels like the end of the day, the, the cycle of the bad guys continue going. Well, it always continues going. Yeah, but you want to have, you want to want more shows. <laughs> well, that's what the, the downfall I'm seeing of these Disney plus shows. You don't get resolution. You just get promise of more. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Well, let, let's have the breaks on that. Cause WandaVision, mm-hmm. you know, as I go through it again, it was misread. Grief was the villain. Now, whether or not you feel like they overcame the villain of grief is a separate thing, Mm -hmm. right? But that was the villain. And so it's, you know, so the whole promise of more. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't Mm -hmm. I don't think I agree with you on there, but I don't have a good Mm -hmm. reason to not agree with you. Um, (laughs) So I just. You know, well, because I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? It's the end tag of like Sharon Carter. You know, Sam came through; he got the pardon or whatever. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to say I was, the evidence was there. Power broker was going to be Sharon, right? We 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 mentioned mm-hmm. that. I was very unsatisfied yeah. with that. I was mm-hmm. really hoping it wasn't Sharon. Not, it just, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right. And I get though the arc. And like, and, and some people have brought up, my friend Sean sent me an article and brought this up, like the potential of like, oh, that's not Sharon Carter. That's a scroll, uh, a skull. That's a scroll. And I uh-huh. get that. And oh, that'd be a neat angle. But even at that point, like you undercut her story, right? She becomes a power mm-hmm. broker because of her, her feelings. I mean, I mean, she does what she's doing for the same reason Carly's doing it. They have that conversation. And she's like, you were trying to gain power. I'm trying to make change and make things better. Yeah. Right. Like they have that conversation. And so, and so in that, like, it makes sense. She feels bitter in, in the way she was, was treated. And this is what she does with it. So I get it I, that she becomes mm-hmm. a power broker. It just, I don't know. It. So that's the other thing where I had a hard time with it is, is it just wasn't, and that could be just my expectations of hoping it was somebody else. That one really mm-hmm. just could be a letdown of my own expectations. Um, yeah. But having said that, I don't. I didn't have as big a problem with that scene mm-hmm. as you did. Yeah. Because I accept Sam as Captain America. Oh, don't don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> Fine, I 
except that he can save the day with the truck. Mm. He can save the truck. <laughs> okay. Well, on this maybe topic of salmon, maybe, maybe, any... maybe if he didn't catch it and he landed to the bottom of the pit and did the turtle shell and it just landed on him, the turtle shell and bounced off. <laughs> Anymore? Not not right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, on the topic of Sam being Captain America, unless you got any more to say in this, this first important topic that we broke down in the fight scene, I think we can move on to our next important topic, which is Captain America. So this is going to entail everything with Sam post the big fight where he's giving his speech to the senators that's being broadcasted on the news. And he's essentially making that plea for Carly about being heard within the voting and decision makings for the GRC. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say a line that I really enjoyed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy we're finally out of that fight sequence so I can actually talk about things I liked about this episode. But the I'm going to quote the line. Quote, Now, if you could remember what it was like to be helpless and face a force so powerful it could erase half the planet, you would know that you're about to have the same exact impact. End quote. That line was great on a lot of levels for me, but I think the to distill it down to stuff we've talked about on the podcast, we mentioned... That the thing that's great about superhero shows is that you can take the extreme of the macro and pair it with the micro. Having Sam bring back the effects of Thanos down to a more grounded universe, like it that was the convergence of those two ideas. And I like that moment a lot. I'm gonna start here. Two thoughts to to kind of okay. kind of play off of what you just said. I liked how they took that speech. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to take the, I, I realize you're talking about that one line, but the whole speech, right. And, and yeah, yeah, try yeah, to yeah. address it, but like the whole speech, they address the show itself. So like that helpless line and you see Bucky and you see Sam, right. They, they cut to them. Okay. As that line's being said. So it's, it has that awareness, but also like there was a tweet I saw where somebody was like a tweet saying that it was that, that speech was ridiculous to think that, that, those people didn't already know what Sam was saying and that things would change. And the problem uh-huh. with that tweet, and you're talking about the micro and, and macro, and I'm taking like the the micro being the show itself, right? Was that mm-hmm. the speech was for the... Uh, the, the everyday problems. Well, no, 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 right. Well, okay. But like for me, the speech itself was for the audience, and that's where that tweet got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because it was self-aware to be like, you're talking about helpless... And you show Bucky, and he had that helpless feeling, right? You have Walker, and he has this helpless mm-hmm. that, that helpless feeling, and, and you see it, but you also know he's talking on a larger scale, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like it's not about the senators there in the vote. It's it's the creators of the show actually getting a voice, and it's for the audience, you know. And mm-hmm. that's what I loved about it is is that ability to and so for me when I heard you say micro and macro like I I'm taking what you're saying and thinking of it in those terms of like of like it it was able to have that awareness of this is what it means in world but this is speech wasn't for in world mm-hmm. you know this was for a larger it, this was for you the viewer 
Right. It It's like it gets to exist in this dual place where it is a summation. Uh, I think what I'm hearing you say about the way it cuts to, to Bucky and Walker and that, that idea of helplessness, mm-hmm. it is a summation of what they've tackled this season. Um, and in a way, it is a summation of like, even though we never really got to see glimpses of it, that real struggle that Carly and the other refugees were having being displaced from the snap, like giving them a voice to be heard like that, equating that to the grand scale of Thanos wiping away half the universe and making these senators realize the effects of the decisions they were making is just as impactful to everyday people. That's that was what I was picking up from the micro and macro, but I like your read as well. Uh, and that makes me appreciate it there too. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, I mean, he starts, you have to stop calling them terrorists, you know, your peacekeeping troops, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so like, he's talking about refugees and we have real life refugees, you know? And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's why I was like, like, man, it was just so great to have that moment of addressing in world, talking about Thanos and talking about, you know, and bringing those things up, but having this awareness of like, no, there's an audience watching, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and we're getting to have this voice and let's be honest, the whole series and, and not subtle ways that, that culminated in the mm-hmm. speech, which I think was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen the pushback too. Uh, and I think, cause like I, I wasn't as hard on it as I, I saw some of the people online, but I think to, to encapsulate the frustration, I think people have read is who would have thought making a plea to the senators for a change would be the most unrealistic part of the superhero show. And I get that. But to me, this is what I've talked about a lot of like, that's the, the fantasy of, of wanting to believe that, that, that sort of effect can have a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have it paired with Sam. Uh, and this is where I got really emotional because this has been a, this, this resonated to me of why this, this character is important. But Sam says, the only power that I have is that I believe that we can be better. Mm-hmm. And I wrote right next yeah. to it expletive yeah and so i that this is another moment where i was fanboying over sam as captain america yeah oh yeah well they mentioned it right the optimism you know Mm -hmm. um this embodying you know this optimistic we can be better you can bring about or we can bring about change and i don't know i still go back to that because there's that line where he's like, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick up this thing, mm-hmm. I know there are millions of people out there who are going to hate me for it. And even yeah. now, here I feel it. The stairs, the judgment, and there's nothing I can do to change it, yet I'm still here. And what I what I loved about that is I still felt like there's an element of that's for the audience. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, he says that, and you get a shot of Walker. I was like, oh, how meta is that? Every yeah. time I pick up this thing, I know there are millions of people, Trey, I know there's millions of people going to hate me for it. No, don't do that. <laughs> and you get a shot of Walker. <laughs> like like in, in the toxic fandom and in, in the reaction to Wyatt Russell, which I can't wait. I want to go back and see more of Wyatt Russell's stuff. He's amazing. You know, he was fantastic in this, right? Yeah. But, and, and so like the, the, like the awareness to show Walker 
and and the hate that he had in the actor because you know fandoms can be toxic sometimes and the layered meaning of just well i feel like that's the layered meaning and then they're just up in your face about hey i'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes and people are going to hate mm-hmm. it and 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 so it was just so well done and to me again in your face there so like like all of that and, and i get it i agree with you on the whole can be better but that that's the parts of the speech that really resonated with me you know is the mm-hmm. ability on the show and, and I'm repeating myself to, to say this again, but like the ability of the show to find a way to make that work in world narrative, but also commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uh it was a really great speech. And that's that, that was where that had the most, the strongest emotional reaction um, in this. Mm-hmm. Plus the way it ends with, um, I don't know if we ever got a name, but it was some some official looking person who was like, hey, we, we got a location on the person you left in the Hudson. And he's like, can you help? And Sam says, always. And then he takes off yeah. the, the wings, which looked really cool. OK, so I do, I do want to bring up one more thing. I He made he said this line is like you have as much power as an insane God or a misguided teenager. To me, that was a reference to Carly. And that was something that you spotted <laughs> the first time they had that conversation. Of mm-hmm. like her age. That, yeah, and not not the actress, but like the character showed in and mm-hmm. the way she thought through of things. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, I really liked that part because it just kind of reaffirmed that catch you had a couple episodes ago. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because there there have been subtle nods to her actual age throughout this, but without a definitive answer. So to hear Sam straight up say a teenager. Um, yeah, that was a nice little resolution we got there too. Mm-hmm. And then the visual at the very, very end, the a black mask lying on the ground, like that was super yeah. powerful for me. I just, and that mm-hmm. again, that's the other thing: the the visuals, the way they were able to to show that the the crowd, the diversity of the crowd, those watching. I don't know. It's, I find it difficult to talk about because some some degree that speech was I liked it so much, and it's just like it stands on its own, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an element of like a, a fear for me of diminishing it by trying to, to over talk about it. No, I gotcha. You just sparked a thought I had that I didn't write down, but it, it feels weird to say this because like, I've talked about how I'm not a comic book person, but I've seen enough stills of comic books where they've, it's a character giving an important speech this moment, like, I felt like you could see that in the comic book panels mm-hmm. of, like, oh, this is the moment that you really get to see the character shine and, like, be the biggest person in the frame as they deliver a speech like this. And that's what that felt like. Too. Yeah. Well, okay. And then there's one critique I have, actually. No, and I'm going to bring it up. What's that? Right here. And then we can move on. There's once Didn't hold enough trucks? <laughs> there, there, there's one part where... We're here where it's a fair critique of the MCU in general for a while. Um, and I get where I'm like worried about diminishing the speech. First thing Bucky says is like this kind of funny quip about, oh, all I heard was this. And mm-hmm. I get that it was a funny moment, but I hate that I saw it and I was like, 
they get these these poignant moments, but they but the MCU sometimes can't help itself with a funny moment to follow it. That kind of undercuts. Yeah, it, it was like no no no. You just had a great powerful moment. Why are you undercutting it? Let it resonate. Right, and and so like like he could have just Bucky could have just simply said good job Cap and did the pat on the shield, pat on the back, and been done. Mm-hmm. And and so there's a moment of like oh okay the banter works because it shows how far their relationship came, but at the same time, it was like, no, that one you should have let sit. You know, and, yeah. and they do that sometimes in places where it's like, ugh, you know. So that that is the one thing I mm-hmm. that I remember thinking and as I'm watching it. It's like, why'd you just do that? Yeah. You know, on the topic of that, I'd really like to go back through the MCU and specifically look for these moments where a joke came where it felt like it would have been better to not have that comic relief. Oh, right off the top of my head. I Doctor wonder... Strange put it on the cape and then him trying to wipe the cape, trying to wipe off his face. It's like, no, that's a dramatic moment. Yes. You owned it. Right after you are Dr. Strange. Now you put on the cape and then you had the little wipe of the cheek. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you immediately just blew my theory out of the water. Cause I was going to say, I wonder how much of this is the MCU using friends like ribbing each other as a way to make them more relatable because i could totally see where like that conversation is gonna happen between friends like you make something some important moment and and then the moment you're out of sight of everyone else your friend will make a joke about it yeah but i I don't think dr strange and the cape are friends (laughs) no not yet (laughs) so there goes there goes my theory You know. oh, man. That's a good call. I'm glad you had that off the top of your yeah. head. Well, I mean, the Ant-Man, Ant-Man, the father-daughter moment. And, and not only do they make a joke about it, they acknowledge it. I just ruined the moment, didn't I? Yeah. Did. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they made a joke about ruining the moments that ruined a uh-huh. moment. Like, okay. I love the MCU, <laughs> but that that is a that is a fair critique of it, so. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. You know, all that being said, I just want to say it one more time because I genuinely enjoy the suit. It it was so cool to see Sam, you know, lit up by all the spotlights, surrounded by all the cars, and to see the, the suit in full, I don't want to say daylight, but in full light. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm jazzed about in it. In full use. In full use, Holding yeah. Holding truck. Okay. I'm just, man, I'm, I'm not letting the truck go, just like Sam. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. How many more of these you got? I'm happy he was heroic. I just wish you could find a more resonant way to do it. <laughs> I was going to buy you the replica shield, but I can't now because it's Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's Sam's shield. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a, a crossroads of thank you, but also what are you doing? <laughs> All right. I'm just just shocked. That's all. Uh, I, yeah. Disney Plus shows are turning me into a cynical MCU fan. Okay. Go ahead. (sighs) All right. Setting up the next scene. Uh, We're done with the Captain America section. We're going to move on to our next important topics, which is simply entitled Amends. This deals with everything from the moment that Bucky confesses to Mr. Nakajima. And leads into the section where Bucky is celebrating with Sam and his family back at the boat docks. So, Jude, where do you want to start? 
I want to praise Marvel for uh-huh. the restraint that they had. Right? Like that mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the you know what Bucky went to do. He said his piece and you know they had a longer conversation than what they gave us. But they yeah. didn't have to give us the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And Sebastian Stan again doing and 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 I want to praise uh Tara and her guest um this past this past week. Cause because you know, he mentioned Chris uh Chris Maverick from the the Vox Pop Popcast. Vox Pop Popular Pop, uh-huh. po- uh, Podcast. He he praised you know, everybody's like, oh, Bucky in the in the crying scene, which was a great scene, right? In Wakanda, we even talked about it. He's like, yeah. He's like, but what he was able to convey in that moment when he apologized about him mm-hmm. and him and Sam not understanding what what they were asking Sam to do, what mm-hmm. Sebastian Sam was able to do with that moment we talked about when he was told thank you for saving me, and then here what he was able to do in, in giving that line, it was like your son was murdered by the winter soldier and I'm the winter soldier was just done so well. And you got so much out of it. And and it's like, I didn't need any more, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you could, cause you could just tell how cathartic it was for him to finally say it and let that go. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, so the, so the ability to do restraint and not to go beyond that was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm glad you're, you're framing it as the restraint because you know, that's one of the things we've always talked about. Like that is a, one of Marvel's strength is their patience and restraint. Um, my notes, I, I feel like I'm saying the similar thing because I wanted more. I like that. You said you, you were fine with what we got. I wanted more, but when I was writing that, it made me really think about a lot of what Sam said Uh, last episode of, you know, you go to these people and say, you're sorry, but I'm paraphrasing here. That just makes you feel better. You got to make them feel better. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I'm, I'm with Bucky. Like I want to see not necessarily a happily ever after, but I want to see what comes next after he confesses and helps Mr. Nakajima get to that closure. Yeah. But because the whole moment is not about what makes us or subsequently Bucky feel better, but giving closure to him, right? I thought that was beautiful that we didn't get that, and that that hit me hard. Yeah, yeah, it was such a good moment, and mm-hmm. uh, and and the way they cut away from it with him walking out the door, right? So you you felt like some time had passed. Uh, seeing him swing by and check in on him again, you know. Uh-huh. Um, was was fantastic. So so you really got that sense, like, you know, um, and I'm gonna mention this here, like, it, it's it's the note later, right when we see Bucky in New Orleans, right with uh-huh. Sam's family, but but Bucky gives a little smile here, looking through that window, and I found there's a Twitter account that is dedicated to like gifts of Sebastian Stan smiling. Uh-huh. And they're right. It's a great smile. Like it, it's a fantastic <laughs> smile. And like, so to, to have uh-huh. that little smile through the window is just like, dude, there, that, that Twitter counts, right? Sebastian Stan, <laughs> Sebastian Stan has a fantastic smile. It's so awesome. Would you, 
Are you, are you now part of the Sebastian Stan stance? Uh, you know what? I as we were talking about this, <laughs> I pulled up his IMDb. I'm like, what? What is Sebastian Stan been in that I haven't seen, um, or that I saw that I didn't realize I had, I had seen? So, but no, I, I want to go out on that limb with you of you know that scene with Bucky. I think his his acting is incredible in that moment and very powerful. But I want to ask you directly. Do you think, like, I know you said you were fine with what you got, but do you think there is a meeting point again for Mr. Nakajima and Bucky, or have they gone separate ways from this point? I'm going to say that that's, that they're done. You think yeah, they're done? Yeah, I don't, I, like, at this point, I don't know what, and maybe this is why I'm not a screenwriter, I don't know what purpose that would serve to bring back well no 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 let me rephrase this not not like not that we'll ever see mr nakajima in mcu but like just like in their own world do you think they still meet up every now and then like as we're talking the world continues on yeah 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 yeah. Oh. like do you think they ever find a way to reconnect hmm. like just whether on screen right, or not. right right i get it in other words like did that did, did, are they still having lunch together yeah I hope so. Me too. I hope so. I, I Like I said, I know that's the whole point of not getting more, but man, I really want to hope so too. Based, especially because of the woman in the diner as well. She gives him this smile yeah. as she's spending time with Mr. Nakajima. So it's almost kind of like, to me, I read it as like, give it some time. Maybe things will iron out from there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Sam's taken now. Not Sam. Bucky's taken now. <laughs> He's Sam's brother-in-law. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that sounds like you're transitioning nicely into the I'm, big. I'm usually not one to like ship people. Like, like I just that's not something that I think about. Uh-huh. But from since that flirting scene, like, no, it's like that's got to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, you want to talk about? You, well, hey. I mean, you want to talk about like the contention and the banter? You want to ramp that uh-huh. up? Have them get together, and you you really ramp up that banter between yeah. the two of them. Hey, he was doing really well with the kids, and the kids were throwing some mean right hooks at him that he was playing well, along he with. Brought it, and, he, and he was able to pull the, the Sebastian Stan smile out again. Uh, uh-huh. But it, now, I was joking around. I, it was so cool to see him at home because he had that line, like, my family, you know, all I had left was the shield, right? And and to be in mm-hmm. that family atmosphere and to end on that family atmosphere um, was just so fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. and the group of people, right? Like you're hanging out with Captain America and Bucky. At, at this point, I feel weird calling him Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Um, but you're hanging out with Captain America and Bucky, and like Bucky's at home, and he's let all of that go. He he gave over Steve's book to his former therapist. Like he he's he's ready to move on, and they're on the coast. You have the horizon out there. I expected to see the boat, honestly, out in the water, but you're on the mm-hmm. coast. You have the horizon out there. Family, a diverse group of people hanging out with Captain America. It was, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the, um, it's the feel good moment that is such a, such a great way to end so many of the boiling points of this season to to have it 
I guess the word I'm looking for is just it's cathartic to see everybody happy and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and much in the way that we saw Vision and Paul Bettany get to flex in a way that he's never flexed before in the MCU, his acting uh, prowess, like. Bucky is a completely different person in narrative. Like it makes sense that he's a completely different person, but the way that he was walking in and bringing like, I, I believe he had like a tray of food. Like it's a side of him that we've never seen before. And, and that was fun to see as well. Yeah. 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 It, and I think these were some of the, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to save save my complete thought to stray thoughts. Yeah. But, some of my favorite moments of this entire series was when they were at home and it was grounded. Most definitely. I mean, going into this season, that's what, what I, the quote that I liked of, it's not enough to see them in the action scenes. We want to see them go home as well. Mm -hmm. And I think they, that they nailed the going home aspect of this season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, unless we got any more in this section that will bring us to our final one, uh, which is entitled immortalized. Now, this has everything to do with Sam visiting Isaiah Bradley, uh, speaking with him at his home, and eventually revealing to him at the Smithsonian there has been a new immortalized statue of Isaiah Bradley and all of his contributions to the time that he served in the Army. I just go first. This was genuinely beautiful. Um, to, To have... To have Isaiah, I don't even want to say like he's turned because we we mentioned like how could you blame Isaiah for being as scorned as he was? Mm -hmm. And I think to immediately do away with that would be a disservice to to the character and the things that he went through. But the fact that he even even admits to Sam like, I almost bought what you were Uh selling. Like I like that they had that leeway between them and that was beautiful to see them connect that way. Yeah. Well, so you know what? And and that's the thing. Okay. So I said on the MCU Rewind, I wanted to see Old Man Cap show up. Yeah. Um, it couldn't because Steve Rogers has passed away. Mm-hmm. I like this so much more. By the yeah. end, that, that mentor... And it's not even quite mentor, but it felt like a mentor, but it, like that, that relationship that they developed... Man, I like this so much more. You know, I mean, so, so what? Probably about thirty minutes before we started recording, I send you this tweet about Captain America four being announced. Um, mm-hmm. and it's super early stages. It's it's the showrunner yeah. Mark Spellman working on development of Captain America four, and it's like you got to bring Isaiah Bradley back. Like you got to continue to develop that that relationship between the two. Like that's, that's one of those elements mm-hmm. where it's like, man, I wish I had an episode or two more, but that richness of like, God, I want to see more of this, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I do, I love that they brought him to the, the Smithsonian. I love that you see the bronze statue. It, it's one of those things where my note was Sam had Isaiah Bradley added to the Captain America exhibit. You can't yeah. erase this history you know you can't erase his history and we must memorialize those that are worth remembering 
you know, mm-hmm. and and that's what just my thoughts when I see, when I saw that it was like you got to memorialize these people that are worth remembering, mm-hmm. and it just, yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's it's such a beautiful because Sam represents this optimism, and Isaiah has more of this grounded like scorned reality to him to have that bridge where they get to the Smithsonian and we see Isaiah Bradley break down and hug Sam because like you said, you know, that was, the, that was the thing that Isaiah kept talking about. He was erased. They, nobody would remember who he was. And even as much as history turned him away to see him get that, that, full circle recognition now is just incredibly powerful mm-hmm. because you get to in one hand on hold on to the hope of Sam while also I, I was trying to think of a better way to to phrase this, but I, I can't help but think about what friend Daniel said last week of this symbol can't work if you don't face the truth. And Isaiah Bradley, I think, is a, a representation of that truth that you must always keep yeah. Um, oh, yeah. in mind if you you were to handle this mantle. Yeah. So I want to mention friend TJ literally yeah. just sent me a message. He's like, this is good stuff. And the, the Isaiah Bradley stuff made me, made me tear up, made me cry. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, it did. Like yeah. that was one of those, another one of those moments. I'm taking notes and wife and kids are looking at me. And you're like, are you okay? It's like, yes, it's such a good show, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain to him is like, if they, it's like, if, if, Man, if the writers and directors of these shows can't bring me to tears, then they're not doing their job, right? They got to make me feel something. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and, and they did it. Yeah, and you know, it's because it, I talked about it earlier about how I texted you of, "Hey, taking notes makes me feel harsher than I remember this morning when I watched it for the first time." And when I got to this scene, to me, this is. A testament to how good not only the scene is, but the Isaiah Bradley story altogether. Mm-hmm. This one moment, which in the grand scope of the episode is not that long, but it resonated with me for the entire day that I had nothing but pleasant thoughts about this episode until I rewatched it. Yeah. But th- this storyline itself to me was worth the messiness of getting to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Last thing I want to mention, um, it just popped into my head. Um, uh-huh. And it's kind of tangential related. Like, so you remember the movie Pearl Harbor? And yes, I haven't seen it. So if you haven't seen it, fine. Uh, <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. plays Doris Dory Miller and this cook. And, and the only reason why I'm bringing him up, African-American, World War II, Pearl Harbor, but there's a bronze statue of him in Waco, Texas that, mm-hmm. that I've seen to memorialize him and what he did uh, during that attack. And mm-hmm. seeing that, and I've seen it like in person a couple of times and seeing that the statue of Isaiah Bradley reminded me of that because mm-hmm. that statue is, is actually in the grand scheme of like, when Pearl Harbor happened to when that came up. I don't, I don't remember exactly when, because I'm doing this kind of off the top of my head. I don't remember exactly when yeah. that statue was built. 
in Waco when that memorial happened, but it's fairly new in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. history, <laughs> you know, U.S. history. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to bring that up because, like, that was something that that seeing that single statue reminded me of 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 that, and I just wanted to point that out. That's really cool. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this immortalized section. So that's going to leave us with our stray thoughts. So, Jude, do you have any stray thoughts? Man, do I ever. They're running around my head. Uh, no. Uh, no. So a couple of things. Clearly, Val is back. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Zemo, the butler, did it. Uh, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll be honest. My first watch, I was a little confused by that sequence. Like yeah. I thought because the person said one world, one people, and there was an explosion, I was like, oh, uh, that was like a distraction to help him escape. Like I didn't quite put it all together. And, yeah. And I was telling Daniel about it and, and he was like, no, 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 I think Zemo did it. And watching it, it was like, God, I'm dumb. How did I not get that the first time? <laughs> I was so glad that we're going to get to see Wyatt, more Wyatt Russell. That's super exciting. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. seen much of his work until now and and yes, there's scenes where it's like, oh, dude, that's your dad. And so, yeah. So, like, that was really cool. There's the moment when when he landed, okay, holding Carly. I had two yeah. thoughts. One was I liked the way they shot it. It was very angelic of how he landed with the wings uh-huh. and stuff. Ken, uh, co-worker Ken, he was like, I don't understand why in WandaVision. I guess it has. I guess it's the cords, you know, and the cables. Why they had to lift their knee to to raise up and hover? They've never had to do that before. And he texted me immediately and was like, "Sam didn't have to lift his knee to hover and fly." <laughs> so, so that was that was pretty funny. And so like that. But then the other part, and I, and I think this just says a lot about me, you know, was like mm-hmm. in the back of my mind. And and again, that was right before the speech. Or what again, what made the speech so fantastic for me is in the back of my mind, I was kind of expecting the crowd to like blame Sam for killing Carly. And okay. and I think that shows a lot about me and the growth I need, you know? And it, it, it reminded mm-hmm. because it, it reminded me of the end of, of Get Out when like the police car showed up and you're like, oh no. But it's just go watch it spoilers right yeah. i'm gonna stop there but like but i mean it just and, and the whole point of that was to, to like oh my gosh why did i think that you know and so mm-hmm. i think it just pointed out i have a lot of growth still yeah uh i think that's catches my stray thoughts oh last stray thought in the very beginning when they picked up right where they left off carly had a voiceover and uh-huh. There's this there's this thing I new rock stars on YouTube has been tracing and I watched their video and I've seen it in other places about the storyline that's been cut about some kind of vaccine the, like the vaccines that were needed because there was some kind of illness and yeah. that subplot storyline or whatever got cut because it was kind of too close to home with the pandemic and so I'm curious what all changes were made because like I, I was kind of looking for that as I was watching. Gotcha. So, yeah. What about you? What are your stray thoughts? So uh, my stray thought, just to talk a little bit more about that Zemo section. Personally, I really despised Zemo killing the Flag Smashers. Just a kind of quick overview uh, for a show that's been trying to show the dangers of the ends justifying the means. It felt like a lot of this episode was using violence to solve the Mm -hmm. issues. So that just didn't sit right with me, unfortunately. And my other stray thought is less 
show and more my own realization now having done WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and some of the Iron Man movies that we did is I'm noticing it's really hard to break down finales because so much of the finale is like your big set piece. Right. And the the things that I end up liking, all I really have to say is like, oh, that's really cool because it's like an action set piece. And then the things I end up not liking, I have more to say than not. And so it may it feels weird that I always feel like I come out negative in these finales more than I intend yeah. to. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in the Loki finale. I understand how you feel, though, because like in the first watch, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. Right. And uh-huh. it's like they they gave me a first watch. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. They gave me the fighting set piece. They wrapped up loose ends like this is great. It's what I was hoping for. It's what I expected. I go to take notes and then I'm like, oh, OK. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to when Tara was on our pod for the very first time. The, the criticisms are a place of like from a place of love. Right. It, it is. Yeah. It is a sense of like we love this so much that we hate it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, we love this. It, I mean, but it, but it comes from that, right? It, it comes from, yeah. from the sense of fandom. It, it's not a trying to tear it down, but go back to the thought that incomplete thought. I said, I loved all the stuff at home, you know, and we've talked about this, I think off pod, the game of Thrones style of your big set piece, getting an episode and then a cool down episode after I'm wondering mm-hmm. if Marvel needs to take a page out of that book. My cousin Paul texted me while recording. His second text was, it felt rushed. I don't know if Disney's doing these shows like this for a proof of concept or something, but they really need to rethink how they're structuring them. And mm-hmm. he's talking specifically about the finale. And and again, it, it is one of those things where, and I think part of it is it's a six-hour movie, and the last hour of it, well, I remember going in thinking, and that was kind of what led to my, oh, are they going to blame Sam? Because I'm looking at the time. I was like, dude, wow, there's 30 minutes left. Well, yeah. that 30 minutes left was wrapping up all those loose ends, the amends and all that stuff, which I'm glad they did, and I loved it. But it was mm-hmm. like my mind went to, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, where does this go wrong? And so I think that ha- that's an element of like, okay, there's an element for growth for me. Because I was, we're dealing with a lot of race, and so my head went to me to immediately. Oh, they're going to blame him, right? But yeah. there's also, you know, an element of no, it's the last fifty minutes, and they're going to resolve everything. And and and, and 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 finales are hard to land; they just are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when I think I can't remember if this is before we recorded or not, especially when there is no guarantee of a next season. Yeah. So now, unlike WandaVision, though, after my first watch, I and even with the second one, I do feel like it was more satisfying end. Having Mm -hmm. said that, it's just so hard to, like, take notes on. In in that way, because so much of it is a wrap up of what of the past five episodes uh, yeah. along with the fighting. So yeah. And I love the name change to come up Captain yeah. America in the winter soldier co-starring the truck. It was yeah. So great. Um, 
<laughs> I'm never going to live that down. <sighs> well, I think that's going to do it. So if you have any thoughts about the truck or the finale itself and you'd like to let us know, uh, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join our Discord, we have a link to it in the show notes. And if you don't mind, uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, there's a long way for helping us get noticed by others to have a bigger community to have this conversation. Um, and the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work, which is linked in the show notes. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We will see you all next week. I am recording. I'm, yeah, I'm recording. All right. Let's go ahead and get synced up. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three, go. Wow. That was a, a very prolonged go. <laughs> well, I felt like you took longer than a second between the two and three, so I thought I should extend it. That's funny because I thought you took a <laughs> long time in between that, so I extended mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you know what I'm so happy about? And this may end up being the end tag to, to tease it because this is what will come down the road later. There's a meta episode within us, and I can feel it. I know we got to do the cat, the, it's coming. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier now, but I can feel the meta episode yeah. in us. <laughs> I go, oh, man. I think I was mentally, until I did my rewatch for notes, I probably was mentally preparing for the meta episode more today than this. <laughs> 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 that's funny uh, I just I, maybe to, to like just cut loose but okay maybe it has something to do with like we have been on such a rip and tear schedule since wandavision and this signals yeah. the end <laughs> for a while yeah <laughs> okay all right i was gonna say something else but i'll save it for the meta episode mm-hmm. now oh, i man. i waited because i was uh watching my my timer waited for what the uh like to get to two i was waiting the seconds turn oh so i just have it on the seconds yeah now that i think that has to be the end tag. even if we find something else uh-huh that still has to be the end tag because it's such a good tease it really is yeah we're getting we're getting as good as marvel about teasing what comes up next <laughs> kevin feige super fan kevin feige super fan okay Stopwatch ready? Uh, Yep, tabs open. Awesome, here we go. I haven't started drinking my Topo Chico yet. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) The whole reason that the silence takes place is that I'm trying to like get into the moment. And the fact that you timed that up perfectly. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to be careful. I'm one step away from becoming Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs>
You are trashing my scene. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for the meta episode. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> God. You know what my first inclination is right now? Is this the meta episode? <laughs> oh my gosh. Drop Cut to the, the theme, theme song. 